Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. One timeout remaining. Pope into the front court. Beavers could win it with a hoop. Pope goes left. Jordan, a step back three for the win. Goal! He hit it, and the Beavers win. Well, if I talked to Wayne Tinkle like a week ago, we would have had a very different interview. His team was coming off a really tough week, maybe some disappointment, some soul-searching. And and the last week, though, has been lights out, fantastic. Uh, you know, obviously the win on Thursday of last week against number 9 Arizona, Jordan Pope with the buzzer beater, and then uh, over the weekend completing the sweep of the Arizona schools. Big rebounding effort in the uh, Saturday win over Arizona State. Wayne Tinkle, how you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling good. Good to be with you, John. Give me an give me an idea. A week ago versus now, kind of the the you know as you're as you're waking up to go to work. Oh man, from uh, the outhouse to the penthouse. I mean, <laughs> we 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 weren't feeling too good coming off of that road trip. Really, just you know, not that we lost, but uh, you know, especially Colorado, just disappointed in the lack of fight. And uh, to the guys' credit. Um, we, we we got after them pretty good in the locker room, and, and it was a quiet plane ride home. But the guys came in on Monday ready to go, didn't need any encouragement. I had a couple of brief one-on-ones with a couple of the guys uh, at the airport coming home, but um, they rallied, and it, and it really stemmed from Tyler, uh, Bilodeau, Mike Retai, and Jordan Pope circling up and saying, you know, we've got to rally this team. We've got to become leaders. Coach has been asking us for a while. Um, and to their credit, um, we, we had great practices, which led to, uh, you know, the performances we had on the court. And we've been practicing well, but the translation from practice to game for 40 minutes is what we were missing. The game against Arizona, you know, look, it's the ninth-ranked team in the country at the time, and and a bunch of heralded recruits and, you know, guys that were that have a lot of hype and a lot of, uh, a lot of followers on those social media accounts. But I... You guys outplayed them. It wasn't like you got a lucky bounce. It wasn't like yeah. you caught them on an off day. You flat outplayed them, and that surprised people. But did it surprise you at all, or are you just watching the potential that you knew that was there all along sort of blossom? No, you're exactly right. We we, we saw that UCLA, who's playing much better, by the way, you know, played them very, very tightly at McHale, you know, last week. And so we told our guys, listen, you know, this is a team that if we come and do these things, these three simple things, which we'll talk about a little later, you know, we'll give ourselves a chance. What I loved, John, is they, they got up they got up 11 in the first half, 12 at the start of the second half, but our guys didn't relent. They didn't, they, you know, they didn't give up. They battled back, showed some great resiliency. And, and then we went up nine, so that's quite a turnaround. The cool thing, and I, I don't, I mean, it's not good for my health, but they made they made that late run to tie it, and you know guys could have said, "Well, we gave it a hell of an effort, you know, let's move on." But to find a way to pull that one out was was just a big shot in the arm, and and then to validate it, that's always like the guys celebrated and had some fun in the locker room, and we need to allow them to do that. But then we quickly said, "Okay, this doesn't mean anything if we don't follow it up on Saturday." And the bounce back with the effort Saturday, I thought was equally as impressive. What are those three things? You sit down, you you know, you know, keep it simple, you make it about three yep. things. What were they? We, we said we, we've got to execute our plan. 
Okay, we coaches work hard in their scouting reports and uh, and what we look need to do offensively and defensively. Um, bring the fight. Like that's that's one thing that you know, we've gotten better in league. You know, other than that road trip, I thought we had some really good moments. We showed flashes of what we're capable of in all the other league games. Um, and, and then the last one was to really share, to share it. And, and we, we've explained to our guys how you can share on the defensive end as much as the offensive end. And where we struggled is when the ball sticks, we want to go one-on-one, we put our head down, we, we miss open guys. It just eats at your chemistry, especially when you're as young as we are. And the frustration carries to the defensive end. And we've been harping on it for a while, and we made a couple of tweaks going into Arizona with our high post offense that really simplified things and our guys executed it. So John, we start, we start getting shots out of our offense and shots that we get out of all the drills we do in practice. What happens? You make a couple because you're replicating what you do every day. The confidence grows. Now when it's time to make some individual plays, you know, basketball's not all X's and O's, you know, you've got to let your guys make some plays in space then, then, then they're in a, they're you know they're in a position where they feel like they're world beaters and you know Pope made some great shots one on one, Tyler Billado hit some timely ones, um, but the rest of them are are largely coming out of the offense, which you know it really can help build your confidence and um, that's that's what I saw over the weekend and now. You know, we've got a tough road trip ahead, and we've got to try to keep the momentum going. Yeah, I saw Jordan Pope, not only the Pac-12 Player of the Week, but he's also the National Player of the Week. That That is excellent for your program. I talked to him on Friday about, you know, his decision to come back. He was not, you know, I think he was a little overlooked. He was at prolific prep, for people who don't know. He had a couple of NBA players that ended up in the NBA on that roster and that team. He flew under the radar a little bit. I see a little bit of Steph Curry in his game. He's very talented, you know, and people were afraid of his lack of size. Um, but we, we really spent a lot of time getting to know the kid, and, and we knew he was our kind of kid before anything else. Huge heart. Um, obviously, he's got a lot, of, a lot of moxie and gumption to him, uh, you know, when that spotlight's on him to make, to make plays. And there's been some games like he was disappointed because he felt like he laid an egg uh, on the mountain trip. Um, and instead of sulking, as a young kid might do, he came back to work on Monday and he led his team. And that, that's the biggest thing uh, that we've we've really coached him hard on his body language and his leadership to the rest of that young group. And you know, a year ago, if a guy dropped one of his passes, he's putting his hands in the air. You know, he doesn't get a call even earlier this year, putting his hands in the air to the ref. And we've really coached him hard on that. And to his credit. Man, he's been the last, you know, six weeks, he's come a long way. And we, we had a final discussion where I said, hey, it's not just, you know, you looking like you have negative body language, but you're, you're, you're trying to get your teammates who are really young and inexperienced to play at a higher level. The positive kind of reactions and feed, feedback and encouragement are going to go a long ways to that end. And, man, he's, he's bought in just because he, he wants to win. He loves Oregon State. He knows we're in the middle of a rebuild, and he wants to be a big part of that. And uh, he's he's really stepped up along those lines. Yeah, you guys are still very young, and you know I look back to last year. I got to be honest with you, I was surprised that Pope came back because I thought there's going to be some NIL money out there. People are going to chase him hard. He said on Friday, like sure he got a he got a little better deal uh, from you guys, but he, loyalty. 
was a part of it. Yeah. It, it was important to him he, that you guys were the only ones that really recruited him. That, that was a big part of our discussion um, in the spring. And, and the first words out of his mouth were, Coach, I hate having to talk about this. And, and you know, agents, other schools were trying to poach him because he never did go in the portal. And, you know, I, I made it pretty simple. I said, Jordan, did we ever mention money in our recruiting process? He said, no. And I said, so you had, you had, a, you had a good freshman year on a, on a team starting to rebuild that, you know, finished towards the, at the bottom of the league. Um, we're going to take care of you moving forward because of the year you had, but, you know, we can't let money come into the discussion, like, for what you just did. Now, you, we, we have it on our wall. You earn what you get. Moving forward, you know, we'll take care of you. And I said, but if you try to chase the money, you know, you, you might. a lot of guys are missing out on why they originally went to the school they did, you know, being around great people, being developed, loving who you're playing in front of and alongside. And, he, you know, he, he agreed to that. I mean, he loves his teammates. He loves Corvallis. And then it's our job now that he's really stepped up to, to his end that we've got to make sure we take care of him and, and, the, and the other guys that, that are doing that um, so that we can retain that core group that we want to continue to build with. I'm looking across the conference, and I think the conference tournament's going to be wild because Washington State, Kyle Smith's got them playing well. Uh, Oregon, they're, they're talented when they're healthy. Um, Arizona, obviously, has got guys. There, you know, Bobby Hurley will show up to play. You guys are capable of beating anybody. Utah, Colorado. I, I mean, people are asking me, who would you pick in the conference championship? And I'm going, you, you can make an argument for like five, six teams. What do you see happening in the conference? No. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of a lot of really good teams. Um, you know, even Cal, who's who's won some games here of late. You know, they they start three fifth year kids because they were able to get active, uh, get their collective going, and get some kids out of the portal. Uh, you're seeing it. Anybody can beat anybody on any given night. You know, and I'm glad we have that. The t- you know what we all agree is the toughest road trip in conference, um, especially with Utah and Colorado being being you know good this year, but. Uh, I think it's going to be a shootout. I even, I even, you know, it used to be, well, if you're playing on the first night, you've got no chance, even though, um, you know, there's been some, some teams do that um, and, and win four in a row. Somebody gets hot at the right time, man. It's, it's, it's going to be an exciting, thrilling tournament. And, you know, I, obviously, you know, we have a lot to shake out here down the stretch, but it, it'd be great if we're getting into March and there's, you know, five, maybe six teams that are being talked about getting in. And, and then if there's a surprise uh, winner, like, like we did a couple of few years ago, you know, now you're talking about maybe getting six, seven teams. And I just think it's, it's great for the conference and um, bodes well for us in Washington State moving forward, to be quite honest. Wayne Tegel with us, Oregon State men's basketball coach. Big 2-0 and week, sweep over the Arizona schools last week. Jordan Pope is the national player of the week. Um, you've got the L.A. schools this week. Now, you know, people will look at them and say they're down, but UCLA seems to have figured something out. What do you see on film with UCLA now that maybe they didn't figure out, you know, a couple, three, four weeks ago? They looked pretty, they looked a little shaky. Yeah, well, the, the big thing is, you know, they have, they have a lot of young guys, a lot of new guys like ourselves. The, the, the Bona kid has really matured. He's, he's not turning the ball over and fouling as much as he was early on. Shoot, he averages over two assists a game. Um, uh, the, the transfer uh, from from Utah has really stepped up, shot it. They weren't shooting the ball very well until our game. They were only averaging 
four threes a game. They hit nine against us. Um, and, and then I think Sebastian Mack is starting to understand he's got to play with a little better pace and, and under control. Um, and, and then the, as a team, they're shooting it better. Defensively, they've always been pretty tough. They had a hard time scoring, and they, they've answered that a little bit. You know, I think they've won four out of five and had Arizona on the ropes. Uh, Mikhail, like I said, last week. So um, playing much, much better. Um, yeah, texted a little bit with Mick over the weekend, congratulating each other on the wins. And uh, we know that they, they feel like they got away with one up here, and, and he'll have them ready for us for sure on Thursday night. But our guys have got to roll down there. That stood toe-to-toe with them here. Um, you know, we're coming with some great, great momentum off this past weekend, and that we owe them a little bit, some, a little something, quite frankly. And, um, you know, we should be ready to go and, and go in there and, you know, kind of throw caution to the wind, man, and, and play together, execute our plan, and, and, and bring the fight. And we'll give ourselves a chance, just like we proved this past weekend. You've got 11 games left in the conference schedule and the conference tournament. We're talking to Wayne Tinkle, Penn State men's coach. Um, all right, so when I was on the phone with Jordan Pope, Doing our interview, you know, you could hear students in the background congratulating him and saying, "Hey, nice game!" And of course, he was coming off the game winner. But how does that feel to you? Uh, you know, a day like today versus a week ago, when you know you were coming, you know, kind of licking your wounds coming off the that mountain trip. You know, you walk across campus today. I'm sure you're getting fist bumps in in the in the athletic building. No, for sure, it's great, and that's you know that's what Oregon State's all about. Even like. Well, yeah, I got off the court pretty quickly to let the guys celebrate after the Arizona win, but seeing so many different student-athletes from different sports um, rushing the court and, and then, you know, people sending me video clips that they were all taking of the last shot, uh, that's that's what we're all about, you know, and, and we we all go – we support each other. And, you know, our guys were at the women's games both nights, and what a weekend they had. So it's it's really neat to see and – uh, it's tough, hey, when you when you're through the rebuild like we are, and um, you know there there was you know there was cause for some criticism, but we just have remained steadfast, and we've got a young group. We know that we've we've really run into some struggles. It's not the team you and I talked two weeks ago, John, about yep. seeing a difference in this team, um, even versus last year, and obviously from two years ago. Um, it needs some time, and and you know we got whacked across the forehead. It woke our guys up. It brought a new sense of urgency. I'm not saying that we've got all the answers right now. We we still have some areas we can improve, especially defensively. But we've trusted that these struggles these young guys are going through are going to get us where we need to, to be. We add the right pieces. You know, this off season we're going to be back to where we're expected to be. And uh, just excited for all of that enthusiasm and energy. The crowds have been awesome the last couple of games. And we've got to do our part, keep battling, finding success as we continue to build. Yeah, and I, it's funny because I go back, and I'll, I'll just be honest with you, like two years ago, I did not like watching your team play because I, I didn't, I, I don't mean this like personally, but I didn't like the team. I like this team. I like the way these guys play. And when you guys are playing Arizona, I'm like, you know, I think people in our state can be proud of it. And, and you mentioned the women's team. I don't know what's going on at Gill Coliseum, but it was like, Knockout, 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 knockout. I mean, it was it was amazing that kind of energy and how you guys the programs fed off each other. No, it was really it was really neat. You know that you said it. You know they they fed off us maybe a little bit on Friday. We fed off what they did in there um, Friday night, and uh, it was just great great to see um, Gil that electric for for both programs and 
uh, you know, obviously they've got a, they still have a pretty pretty young team as well, and they're they're rolling right now. So uh, it's great to build off of one another for sure. Uh, to have Beaver Nation fired up and 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 really believe in in the momentum of all of the programs in our department, and it's kind of like. You know what? We've been we've been crapped on a little bit with all the stuff going on with the conference realignment and you know, let's rally behind each other knowing that that's what the fiber of Oregon State is you got great people working their tails off for each other and supporting each other. It's gonna lead to good things. And uh, I'm just uh I'm thrilled with the momentum we've created and obviously we've gotta keep it going forward. But there's there's big days ahead for us. We know that. We love the guys that we've brought in. Um, I think but we can talk till we're blue in the face about what happened two years ago coming out of COVID, but we've learned some valuable lessons. And here's the main thing. We have, we've dug our, our feet in the sand and we haven't cut corners to rebuild this thing. We've got great support from the administration. And when we have all those things and we've got our kinds of guys here in the program, we've proven that we, we can do some incredible things, things that we haven't ever done before. So uh, we just need to stay focused to that and keep building off the support. You know, the support we had so many people when we first got here, step up you know charlie sit and rallied a lot of the former players and uh even even people that weren't oregon state beavers that are friends of his contribute to get the momentum going and yeah we hit the skids but but now we're in the middle of rebuilding this thing and um we're just uh we're, we're so thankful for the support and the help and and we like i said we've just got to keep it moving forward congratulations huge week um i gotta know who you like in the super bowl you got niners or chiefs Oh man, I was so uh, you know my dad's a Detroit guy. I was so <laughs> pulling for them, uh, and even though we're on the West Coast, but um, got got to go with the Forty ers Yep. Um, it, it's hard to bet against the Chiefs and Mahomes and that crew and Andy Reid, but I'm going to pull for the Niners because of where we're located, and I think that's a pretty cool, cool story. Uh, what the Purdy kid has been been doing. Oh yeah, amen to that. All right, Wayne Tinkle, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Uh, congrats. Thanks. It's always good to be with you, man. Appreciate uh, everything, and uh, let's get this thing going on the road. Go Beefs. There's Wayne Tinkle, Oregon State. A couple years ago, I'm not going to lie, I watched his team play, and I was like, gosh, I, I, I suspect even Wayne Tinkle didn't like his team. You know? Uh, and frankly, i got to be honest with you, this team, even when they were on a five-game losing streak, in and around there, they mostly played hard. I'm not shocked that they had a good week. I am shocked that they beat Arizona and Arizona State. That was, um, that's sit forward in your chair, pay attention to what they do this week uh, kind of thinking. And uh, great result. Oregon State as a whole, the men's and women's programs, 4-0 last week. The Grand Slam, two sweeps, three ranked teams they knocked off. Something in the water? The weather? Is it Gill Coliseum? You tell me. All right, more ahead on the BFT. Leave it here. Well, I like I said off the top of the show today, I have to detach myself just a little bit from being a journalist when I'm watching the 49ers play and allow myself to be a sports fan. I have to take a mental departure from uh, trying to be objective, trying to see what the story is here. But I can tell you, as I watched the game unfold, I thought about like you know what the criticisms of my team would be. Like, the 49ers just did not play a very good defensive first half. And, in fact, you know, the Lions just shredded them, especially running the football. I was a little bit surprised but not shocked because the Niners had, I thought, struggled in the last five, six games of the season defensively a little bit. 
they're not the same team that they were early in the year and certainly not the same team that they were a year ago. But I'll say this, you know, there's something about experience, having been there before, having sniffed around a championship that matters in a moment like that. And very limited experience outside of, you know, Jared Goff and maybe two other Lions players who had been to an NFC title game. They didn't have very much experience on that stage. And I thought a pretty young team showed itself and a coach that was, is probably learning a little bit himself, Dan Campbell, probably doing the same thing Dan Lanning was doing after the Washington game, the first Washington game this last football season. The Oregon coach uh, went for it on fourth down three times, didn't get it. Like, it's one thing to go for it on fourth down throughout the season, especially when you're in games against inferior competition. But it's another thing to go for it against a team that is going to be eventually in the national championship game or eventually in the Super Bowl. That's a different animal. It's a different equation, and your fourth down percentage doesn't hold up there. I still believe and I still think that there's something to be said, though, about staying true to who you are as a coach, what your brand is, what the culture of the program is. And certainly Dan Campbell can make that argument in you know the post-game news conference as he says you know he doesn't have regrets and throw caution to the wind all that stuff like it's evident he d- believes deeply in his players he you know he trusts them and he wants them to know that he trusts them but i kept thinking about the kicker when he was going for it on fourth down and i kept thinking about the words of don shula take the points especially in the playoffs you're in a playoff game those points matter and as a niner fan i'll be honest with you when he had a chance to kick a field goal in the second half and he went for it on fourth down i was like Oh, uh, th- here's an opportunity for a turnover. I mean, you're essentially making it a you know a forty percent proposition that you're going to convert. And you know, I think if he kicks a field goal in that situation, certainly in the second half, it would have put a lot of pressure on the Niners down three scores. But uh, Dan Campbell opting to go for it, and yes, you can point to the mistakes that were made on the field: drop passes, missed tackles, a weird fifty-yard completion to Brandon Ayuk. Um, you know, as a Niner fan, I can still be objective. I mean, Detroit did a lot wrong in that second half. Fumble. Um, but I ultimately come back to the head coach. And when you have three points in front of you, don't be afraid to take it. Yes, I get it. He doesn't have Justin Tucker as a kicker. But guess what? 31 NFL teams don't have Justin Tucker as a kicker either. The Niners missed a field goal in the game as well. That stuff's going to happen. But I think, uh, you know, if Dan Campbell could go back, does he take one of those field goals? Absolutely. He kicks at least one of those field goals. And then game management at the end, I heard a lot of people quibbling about, you know, should he have just kicked the field goal the minute he's in field goal range, you know, late in the game. I'm always a fan of trying to see if you could score the touchdown if you need 10 points. Touchdown is the harder thing to get. I want to get the touchdown first and then go for the goal. And particularly when it ended up with a first and goal situation, it looked like Detroit was going to have an opportunity to put some real pressure on the 49ers. And, you know, when it comes down to a onside kick, I guess, um, you know, you don't feel great about your chances there. But I think we're going to get a good Super Bowl. I think it's going to be really entertaining. Of course, the Taylor Swift palooza is going to take over the hysteria of that. If she's not already been on the phone with Usher, I don't know what's wrong with her. But, um, you know, people pointing out that she could be in Japan performing her concert jump on a flight right after the concert, fly the 12 hours back to the U.S., get to Vegas in time to be like a day early for the Super Bowl. So there's going to be plenty of opportunity there on her tour for her to get to Vegas. 
And then I hear people, somebody in my mailbag, I do a Monday mailbag at johnconzano.com. It's one of my favorite things to do. But somebody in the mailbag pointed out, like, you know, do you think the NFL is rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs in this game? No, the NFL already won. Taylor Swift's already going to be at the Super Bowl. The NFL's a winner already, so there's no added bonus here for Roger Goodell's league and the TV partner CBS. There's no added bonus here if you know Taylor Swift is up in the you know box if they win or lose. There's, there's, it's of no consequence at all. In fact, they've got it already. The NFL has won. It got the Kansas City Chiefs and Taylor Swift more importantly in the Super Bowl, and you got the San Francisco Bay Area market. Uh, showing up, and you have some good storylines here. There's a revenge factor for the 49ers. There's certainly a Kyle Shanahan story. Can he finally, so to speak, get the monkey off his back and win one of these Super Bowls? He was the coordinator as the Falcons blew that 28-3 to lead for the uh, to the to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and he's been there before. I don't love his game planning and his in-game adjustments in big games, but there is no denying that, you know, the... NFC Championship game was a comeback of of huge proportions, and the 49ers deserve a lot of credit for that. But I, I still don't think they've played well for more than about a quarter in any one of these playoff games that they've been involved in. And so now they get two weeks off, maybe they got Debo healthy, and uh, get an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl and get some revenge on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Tell me who you're picking at John Canzano BFT on Twitter. Give me your picks or forever hold your peace. I don't want you coming in like two, three weeks from now and giving me your picks. Uh, I, I knew they were going to win. I knew they were going to do this. No, no. Give me your pick now in the run-up to the Super Bowl. I want to know where you stand on this. Make sure you're reading me at johnconzano.com. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast if you are listening to the podcast. And if you're listening to this radio show live, you can always grab the podcast. Especially if you hear something you really like, you hear an interview you like, you hear a segment you like, you want to share it with other people, make sure that you are uh, subscribed to the Bald Face Truth Radio podcast. It's very easy. It's free. Do it, and uh, you'll never uh, you'll never miss a thing. We're back tomorrow with another great show. The Bald Face Truth is not here for a long time. Just a good We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.